Well, good morning, Thrive Church. Welcome to our Sunday service. Uh, we're so glad that you're joining us today. Uh, it's going to be a great morning. As you can tell, things are set up a little bit different today. Uh, we don't have a worship team today. We're not, we're not going to be doing music in the midst of uh, and all of the adjustments that we need to make uh, regarding physical distancing. Uh, we want to make sure that we're, we're giving ourselves lots of room and lots of space. So hopefully next week we'll get that all figured out and uh, we'll have a full service uh, for you. But we're going we're gonna to spend some time. My hope this morning is uh, for us to, to just have a conversation. And I want to invite you to jump on the, the chat, whether you're on Facebook or on uh, the app uh, on thriveglendora.org. Uh, hop in there, let us know that you're watching, let us know that you're here, and then post any questions or comments that you would have, and we want to make sure uh, that we engage with you throughout the service and even into uh, this coming week. So I'm going to open us with a word of prayer, and, and we're going to dive in this morning. So let's bow our heads. Father God, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you that through technology it's possible Lord, for us to gather together in this way. And Lord, I thank you for every person, for every family, uh, and for every place where people are gathering to watch this service this morning, this time together. God, I thank you that your word reminds us that where two or three are gathered, that you are there in the midst of them. And so we thank you for that this morning. We give you praise. We commit this time to you, Lord. And I pray that in the midst of this service today, that uh, we would be encouraged by your spirit, that uh, we would be uplifted, Lord, that we would find peace and rest in you today. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Again, thank you for tuning in, for, for signing on, for being a part of service today. I want to let you know about a couple of things. Uh, first of all is this, uh, if you are joining with us today, please take a minute to fill out a Connect card. Uh, you can do that by clicking at the top of the screen. Uh, if you're watching at thriveglendora.org, there's a place at the top of the screen for you to fill out uh, a Connect card. Just let us know that you're participating in service today. And again, if you're on YouTube or Facebook or any of the other places where we're streaming, please let us know just in the comment section uh, that you're jumping in and joining with us uh, today. We want to make sure that we're able to care for you uh, even though we're physically separated, uh, our team, our pastoral team, I'm super proud of them. They've spent time this week just reaching out to, to members of the congregation and, 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 and blessing and, and praying for uh, each of you. We, we've been praying for you and, and we're believing God for, for huge things for you, for your family, in your life through this season. And so we just love the opportunity to connect. Uh, the sermon notes will be available this morning. In fact, if you're, if you're on the, the church online platform, in the notes section, all the sermon notes are there. Or if you download the Thrive, uh, the Thrive app, you can uh, check out the sermon notes uh, there as well. Uh, so those are all available. Um, submit your prayer requests. We'd love to know what your prayer requests are. Uh, please, during this season, uh, because we're not seeing each other in person, uh, doesn't mean that we don't want to be praying. And, and we absolutely would love the opportunity to pray for each of you. So uh, again, on, on the app this morning or on the, 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 the online church platform, there's a place to submit prayer requests. Or you can just simply email us at prayer at thriveglendora.org. And we would love the opportunity uh, to pray for you. Uh, sign up for our church newsletter. Uh, we're, we're sending regular updates out. 
uh, via email. And if you're not getting that, first of all, check your junk folder. Make sure that uh, Thrive Church is on your safe senders list. Or if you're not, if you're not signed up for that, uh, you can do so at the website or through the Connect card. And, uh, and we'd just love to be able to communicate with you uh, in this season I'm so proud. I'm, I'm hearing stories of people in our church who are going out of their way to serve each other. Uh, everything from dropping off groceries or, or items that people are running out of and, and sharing that's taking place within the body of Christ. Uh, not just here at Thrive Church, but really around the world. Uh, it's such an opportunity for the, the church of Jesus to really shine through and, and care for each other. And so uh, as you're able to, as you hear about needs in your community, uh, my encouragement to you is to, to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to the community around you. Uh, love on your neighbors. I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, in my neighborhood, I, I've never seen so many people going for walks. Uh, there, there are people walking everywhere, jogging out, out enjoying. Uh, it was sunny here yesterday, and so people were out enjoying uh, the sunshine uh, and, and I'm also noticing that people are way friendlier. A lot of more people are waving and saying hi, which is, is such an encouragement. Uh, and so as, as the church, let's just continue to do that. Let's make sure that we're reaching out in love to those around us and caring for them. I also wanted to mention uh, our Thrive Youth uh, met this last Thursday night. Uh, they, they hopped onto a Zoom call and, and we had a bunch of youth, almost as many youth attend uh, in person on Thursday night, jumped in uh, online and, and were able to connect and engage. And so if you go to thriveglendora.org, uh, there's a big banner that, that talks about Thrive Youth. Uh, it's, we do it through a Zoom call so that the young people are able to, our youth are able to see each other face-to-face and engage with each other. That's still happening every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m., uh, Pacific time, and, and you're welcome to jump in, invite other uh, junior high and high school students you may know, and invite them to be a part of that. Uh, just a, a good time of encouragement and connection uh, for our youth. Uh, and then this morning, um, I want to encourage you to, to remain faithful in, in your, your giving and the stewarding of your finances. Uh, and your honoring of the Lord with the tithes and offering. Uh, if you're part of Thrive Church, if you're a regular part of this uh, church family, I, I want to encourage you continue to, to honor the Lord with the tithes uh, as you're able to. And we understand that for some, uh, that's going to be difficult during this time as, as, as maybe jobs are lost or, or finances become short. Uh, but as your pastor, I want to I really encourage you, uh, we tithe not to a church, we tithe unto the Lord. Uh, these gifts that we bring of our finances uh, are really a statement to Him and to the enemy about where our trust lies. And so uh, this morning we're going to pray over our giving and our the, the, the worship of the Lord through our tithes and offering. You can give online at thriveglendora.org through the app, or if you're in the church online platform, there's a link right at the top of the screen uh, and you can click that uh, to to give your tithes and offering. Also, if uh, if you prefer still to write a check, you're welcome to do that. Um, our address is P.O. Box 142, uh, Glendora, California, 91740. And you're welcome to mail uh, your tithes and offerings in as well. Um, and, and we thank you for that. We thank you for your partnership. As, we're, as we as a church are looking for places to bless uh, the fam- uh, families in our church and then people in our community, uh, you're, you're a c- critical part of that, and, and we thank you for that. So let's thank the Lord for our, our, the provision that he has brought about in our lives as we pray for our giving. Jesus, we thank you 
that you are our source, you are our provider, Lord, that every good and perfect thing comes from you, the, the Father of lights, Lord, that you are, uh, that you care about your children, and that you care to give and provide and, and support and Lord, we pray right now, Lord, in those places where, where families might have lack, where jobs are being lost, where there's questions about the future and, and what's going to happen down the road, God, that you would bring the supply, that you would meet every need according to your riches in glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, uh, at the close of our service this morning, our time together, we are going to break bread once again. As I mentioned last Sunday, every week we're going to we're going to break bread. We're going to uh, we're going to take communion together. And so, I encourage you, uh, just uh, if you if you don't have the elements ready at this point, uh, throughout the service at some point today, would you grab uh, some juice? Uh, uh, some water, maybe coffee, uh, some bread to, to break uh, around your table, and we'll do that again at the close of the service. So we're going to dive into the message this morning. Um, I believe the Lord has some, some things He wants to speak to us. Again, the notes are available in the notes section on the app or on the, the church online platform. Um, the words as well, the verses are going to be up on the screen behind me so that you're able to to see those and read along. We've been in a series as a church, uh, started out this year, the series called God Is. And we've been exploring and asking the question, who is God? Well, we end up uh, learning things about God that come from all different places. I grew up in church. I, I from uh, as long as I can remember from being a child, I, I attended church with my family. And I remember even at five years old, I had the opportunity to a church family camp to give my life to Jesus. And, and through that journey of attending church, going to Sunday school, being a part of youth group and conferences. And, and, and for me, I, I got to go to Bible college. And all along the way, I heard lots of opinions, lots of ideas, lots of thoughts about who God is. And, and a lot of them were really good. But, but here's the reality is we, if, if we rely on other voices to teach us about who God is, we're going to miss some things. Uh, the best place for us to learn about who God is, is from God himself. It's from him, from, from his own mouth, from his own words. And, and we have to make sure that what we believe about God is accurate, that it's true. Uh, the work of theology is this, is understanding God. It's the, it's the study of God. It, the, theology broken down, it's, it's a word about God. And, and we need to know who God is. And I'm so thankful that he's given us his word that he's made himself known, not just through his word, but through his spirit, through creation. But I know for us that, that the easiest place for us to access and, and, and really tap into and answer the question, who is God, is through his word, because he answers those questions for us, that he speaks to us about who he is. And so we, we ask these questions, uh, why do I believe what I believe about God. Where, where do those beliefs come from? And, and, and why do I believe those things? They, all of those things come from somewhere. What you believe, what you know, all came from somewhere. Next question would be, well, how do I know that what I believe about God is true? Uh, just because someone told you, maybe even someone you trust told you. But, but the reality is, is 
sometimes we get it wrong, and so we have to go to the Lord. And, and I, know, I know for a lot of people, it's just based on feelings. Well, I, I, that feels right. Well, I know this. In my walk with the Lord, there's been a lot of times that what I feel doesn't always line up with the Word of God. And so we have to pay attention and make sure that we're not being led astray by what we, by what we want versus what God is saying. And then answering this question, if what I, I, I believe is true, if I believe it is true, how should it affect the way that I live? And, and as I mentioned last week, it's during times like this that we start really putting that to the test. It's easy to say that I believe this, that, and the other about who God is. But when it's really put to the test is, is really what tests what, what I believed. Is, is what I believe true? And, and is it being worked out in my life? And so as I mentioned, the best place and way to know about God is from Him directly, to look to His Word, to understand who He is. There's this invitation to draw near. In fact, James uh, says this in James 4, verse 8. He says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Interestingly, in the next part of that verse says, wash your hands, you sinners, which of course is super appropriate uh, in this time. I, I think I, I've, I'm seeing YouTube videos pop up about how to wash your hands correctly. Um, but God says this, draw near to him and he will draw near to you. James is actually echoing something that was written in the Old Testament by the prophet Zechariah. And he says this, therefore tell all the people, this is what the almighty God says. Return to me, declares the Lord almighty, and I will return to you. I will return to you. That there is this posture of God where he says, I'm, I'm not going to force myself on you. I'm not going to press myself on you. I, I love C.S. Lewis says that, that God is a gentleman and that he waits for us to respond to him. But here's what we can, can absolutely stand on is that when we draw near to God, that he will draw near to us. And the psalmist writes this in Psalm 73, verse 28. He says, but as for me, listen to this, it is good. It is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge, and I will tell of all your deeds. During this difficult time, can I tell you, it is good to be near to God. It is good to be near to God. And so this morning, in, in the midst of the series, and God is, I want to talk today about this, that God is listening. God is listening, that he is listening to, our, to what's happening. He's listening to the cries uh, of his people, that God is, is not distant. He's not disconnected, that he is listening. It's amazing to me that in just a few short days, uh, our ways of life have been turned upside down. That what thing, things that were the norm one week or two weeks ago are no longer the norm. And, and it doesn't show signs at this point of slowing down. Things continue to change around us, which means that we're, we're having to adjust very rapidly to the situations and the scenarios around us. Things like uh, families and, and households having to adjust. Kids at home. All of a sudden, 
Every family is a homeschool family. Uh, I love, uh, you know, talking to some of the homeschool families, even in our church, they were like, we've been ready for this. We've been, we've been on top of this. But all of a sudden, every uh, home is a, a homeschool family. And, and, and making that adjustment to now, we have the kids at home uh, throughout the day, maybe, maybe working from home. Maybe you find yourself in a place where uh, you've now had to move to, to your, your home to, to do your work. And finding a quiet corner, a place, a place to be able to do that. And maybe part of the adjustment for you is that you're not working at all. And trying to figure that out and thinking about, well, how do, how do I make this work? How do, uh, how's God going to come through in the midst of this? And starting to even think about the future. There's a lot of unknown. There's a lot of unknown. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of questions. There's way more questions right now. Uh, than their answers. And, and even in the midst of it, there's a lot of loss. There's a lot of loss. There's a lot of grieving. Things that uh, we might not usually uh, equate grieving to. I think in our culture, we, we, we equate grieving to the loss of life. But we can grieve in all kinds of different ways. I've heard about people who uh, you know, young people who are seniors in high school or seniors in college looking forward to graduation ceremonies and proms who are now grieving that loss, that what they thought it was going to be is no longer, and, and that hurts. That's painful. Events that were scheduled that, that can't be attended anymore, gatherings, family gatherings, birthdays and, and weddings and things, things like that where people had anticipated being together. And we have to understand that 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 is a loss, and that there is a level of grief. And I'm going to tell you, in, in the midst of this, there's, there's so many things that we're hearing about. There's so many voices that, that really are, are, are out there. Um, and there's, there's good things that are being shared, and, and lots of positive things. And even according to God's Word, I, I, I love hearing the statement that, that, it, that we need to have faith over fear. Uh, and that's absolutely true. But, but I also, it's been weighing on me this week, and, and this is where I kind of even want to shift out of a, hey, I'm preaching to you, but I, I want to just share my heart with you for a minute. Um, when, we, when we just quote verses of scripture, when we just say things like faith over fear, uh, it doesn't just magically make the fear go away. There, there's a part of that where we need to focus our attention to who God is, to the faithfulness of, of His presence, the faithfulness of His Word. But I also know this, that God cares deeply about what you're feeling. And He doesn't just excuse it away, or, or He doesn't even want to make you feel bad that you're feeling what you're feeling. Uh, that's not the heart of God. If anything that we've learned about God in the midst of this, this series this year is that He is compassionate that He is caring, that He is loving, that He is our Father, and that He wants to wrap His arms around us and love us. And, and I know that as a dad, that when my kids are hurting, especially when they were little, you know, and something would happen, they would be in pain, they would be hurting, and they would come to me crying. I, I wouldn't just make a statement to say, you know, well, I'm in control, and you should just put your trust in me. I, I would pick them up and I would hold them and I would even cry with them. And I believe the heart of God is the same way, that yes, we need to have faith over fear, but know this as well, that God meets us in our fear. He meets us in our loss. He meets us in our grieving. And, and we need to resist the temptation 
uh, or even the pressure to just explain it away, can I tell you that God will never shame you over feeling the things that you feel, that he is not a God who, who inflicts shame on us, that he wants to draw, excuse me, draw us near, just as James said, that he wants to draw us to draw near to him. And then he says, I will draw near to you. And that's an intimate drawing near. It's a close drawing near. And that's part of what I really want to talk about today is how do we navigate these things that we're feeling uh, with our families, with, with our spouses, with our friends, with our community, with uh, the people around us? How do, how do we have an on, honest conversation with the Lord and with the people around us about what's going on inside of us? Because if there's ever been a time for us to not just fake it and put on a, a smile and say, yes, everything's okay and I'm doing great. If there's ever a time not to do that, it's this time right now. And, and knowing how to do that well uh, is really, really important. As I mentioned, there is a lot of voices right now uh, between the government and, and, and constant updates and briefings that are taking place, uh, the media, constant stream of, of information and charts and studies and research and opinions that are coming at us from every direction. And then, of course, social media, uh, it's hard to, to look at any kind of social media without, without having just the spectrum and the gamut of opinions and thoughts and ideas. Everything from people saying this is just a hoax and this is a ploy and this isn't real uh, to those who would say this is the end of the world and everything in between. There are so many voices and so many things that we could choose to be listening to in the midst of this but I want you to know this morning, my first point today is this, God is listening to you. In the midst of the noise, God is listening to you. He hears your voice. That, that there has never been a point in history, uh, in all of creation, where there's been too many people offering too many prayers where God's going, hey, get in line and, and wait your turn that God can handle it. He can handle everything that you bring to him. And he not only can handle it, but he wants to, to listen to you. His ear is inclined to you. And so he hears your voice, that God is listening to you. Not only that, he wants to hear from you. Uh, again, as James said, draw near to God and he will draw. God's waiting for you. It's the picture of the, the father waiting for the prodigal son. He's looking down the road. He's waiting for that engagement. He wants to hear from you. And, and I think the danger in a season like this, or at least the caution, maybe not the danger, but the caution is this. Don't tr trade one form of busyness for another. Don't tr trade one form of busyness for the other. All of a sudden, we find ourselves in a place where we can't go to school. Many people can't go to work. There's no, there's no sports. ESPN is running games from the 80s, just trying to fill that air. There's no sports happening. Uh, we, we're, we, we don't have entertainment. We can't go to the movie theater. We can't go to plays. We, we have to just be in our homes. But even there, we can get busy. Our minds can get busy. We can get busy doing things around the house. We can get busy watching TV and Netflix and Hulu and all kinds of streaming services. We can get busy playing video games or filling our lives with other distractions. 
in the midst of this, it's so important that we take the opportunity, that we redeem these moments to be with God, to find place during our days. One of, one of the things I hear as a pastor is I, I walk with people through a discipleship journey and encourage them is, is, well, my life is so full. I have so many things going on. I don't have time to. Well, now we find ourselves in a place where we do. We do have the time, I, I, especially when it comes to being in the Word, finding that time uh, to, to be in the Word of God, to spend time in prayer, to, to cry out to Him. I love in Second Chronicles chapter 7, we find uh, the, the dedication of the temple that Solomon had built to the Lord. Uh, it's an amazing passage of Scripture. It says this in Second in Chronicles 7, starting in verse 12, the Lord appeared to him at night and said, that is Solomon said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send plague, a plague on my people. He says this in verse 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, listen to this church, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. That God is waiting for us to cry out to him. For Solomon, it was a temple that was built in Jerusalem. It was a beautiful temple. It was a spectacular place and people from not just all over Israel, but from, the, from around the world would come to worship God in that place. It was the place where the presence of God dwelt. Because Jesus had not gone to the cross at that point, he had not risen from the dead, God's presence was contained to a specific location, a specific place, not because he didn't, he, he, he didn't want to be with his people, but because we at that point, because of the sin in our lives, couldn't handle the presence of God. We couldn't be in the presence of God and live, and so thankful that Jesus made a way. Now for them, they would come to the temple, and it was in this place where they, where they would pray, and they would come and they would make sacrifices and that they would cry out to the Lord. And notice here what God says. He says, listen, there's going to be things that come against you. There's going to be trouble that comes. There's going to be, uh, there's going to be drought. There's going to be locusts. There's going to be plagues. There's going to be difficulty. There's going to be brokenness in the world around you. But here's what you need to know. In the midst of that brokenness, in the midst of that difficulty, in the midst of that pain, in the midst of those diseases, in the midst of those droughts, turn to me, cry out to me. And I love the promise of God here. It stands true for us today. I will hear from heaven. I will hear your cries. And then he says, I will forgive your sin and I will heal your land. I think the bigger thing here for us to know is this, God's more condition, concerned about the condition of our hearts than he is con the condition of our finances, the condition of our land, uh, the condition of the world around us. That there's this personal aspect where God says, I want to forgive your sin. I want to do the internal work. I want to meet you in the midst of what's going on in, inside of your heart. Here's the other cool thing about this is God no longer lives in a temple in Israel. His spirit now lives, the Bible says, in us that we are the temple 
of the Holy Spirit, that his presence dwells in us. It, the, the, the picture here is this, that God has become intimate. He has become close, that he is present. He is he's incarnate. We see that in the person of Jesus, that Jesus came and made his dwelling amongst us. And then when he went back to heaven, when he ascended, he sent his Holy Spirit to indwell us, to be a part of our lives, that God is near and God is listening. So now you don't have to travel to a different location to cry out to God, that he is already with you and that you can speak to him. And that when you cry out to him, he is listening to you. He is near that he cares about the things that are weighing on your heart. I want to encourage you take time, spend time in the presence of Jesus. Cry out to God with the things that are weighing on you, the things that are bothering you, the, the, the disappointments and the loss in this season. He can handle it. And he invites it. He wants to meet you in that. And he wants to listen. And in the same way that he was able to bring forgiveness of sin and the healing of the land, we're trusting and believing that God will do the same thing. There are, there are prayer meetings and national days of prayer and world, worldwide days of prayer that are springing up as, as people are coming together to pray because we believe God, we take him at his word, that he will do what he said he will do and, and, and he will heal our land. We believe that. We know that that healing is coming, but in the midst of it, God is doing something in us, and it begins with us turning and saying, God, we want to cry out to you. We want to respond to you as you listen to us. Second is this, is that we need to learn to listen to the voice of God. In the midst of all of these voices, in the midst of all of the noise taking place in the world around us, we need to listen to the voice of God. What is he speaking to you? In this time, what is God speaking to you? Have you slowed down enough to say, God, what are you saying? What are you wanting to speak to me? What are you wanting to speak to my heart? See, in the midst of all of this noise, there is only one voice that matters. There's one voice that matters. In the midst of all of the voices around the world, everything that is bombarding us right now, there is one voice that matters, and it is the voice of God. Jesus says in John 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. We need to be a people who listen to the voice of God first that we would attune ourselves to him, that we would quiet our lives and, and the activity of our lives, even as we're trapped in our homes, even as we're not able to, to go, come and go as we would like, uh, we, we still need to make sure that we slow down to be with Jesus, to listen to his voice. Jesus' heart is this, I care about my sheep. I care about what happens to my sheep but it's important that my sheep know my voice. And when we know the voice of God, when we know the voice of the great shepherd, then we can listen to what he says and he will bring peace, that he will bring comfort, he will bring restoration, he will, he will restore our souls in the midst of that. One of my favorite stories in the Old Testament, one of the accounts that, that really stands out to me is, is that of Elijah as found in 1 Kings 19. 
we'll give you a little background of what's happening here in the, the life of Elijah. Uh, Elijah had just had one of the most victorious moments, if not the most victorious moments uh, in his life as a prophet of God. He had gone to Mount Carmel where he had challenged the prophets of Baal. And, and in that moment, in that showdown on that mountain, uh, he, he, he threw down this challenge. He said, we're going to build a couple of altars and you cry out to your God. You're going to build your altar, but you're not going to bring any fire. You're going to trust God to bring the fire. And so in the midst of that showdown, the, of course, the prophets of Baal cry out to, to their false God and, and nothing happens and they weep and they cry and they cut themselves and nothing happens. And then when it's Elijah's turn, he goes and he builds this altar and then he instructs the servants to bring water and to douse that sacrifice, that, that altar with water, and, uh, and, and then simply cries out to God. He says, God, would you make yourself known? Doesn't, doesn't have to do anything crazy. He just speaks to God, and God hears him. And it says that fire fell down from heaven and consumed the altar, consumed the sacrifice, it consumed all of the water around. And, and Elijah, in this moment, has this incredible victory. But the next day... Jezebel, the, 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 the wife of the king, the, the queen, she sends out this message to Elijah and says, I'm not happy with you. And by this time tomorrow, you're going to be like all those other prophets that you, that you killed, that you took out. Um, and, and you're going to be dead as well. And, and, and Elijah goes from a mountaintop experience where he's seeing incredible victory. Within, within 48 hours, he is now lost. He goes out into the desert He's depressed. He's suicidal. His, his emotions are all over the map. He cries out to God. He says, God, just, just take my life. Just take my life. I, I don't even want to live. And, and he's just completely spent. I want to pause there for a second. Two weeks ago, we might have felt like we were at the pinnacle. You might have felt like you were at the peak of your career, of your education. You might have felt like everything was going your way. You might have felt like, you know, you look at your stocks, you look at your portfolio, your retirement thought, I'm at the mountaintop, I'm doing so well right now. And then just a couple of short weeks, you might feel like you're at the bottom of the valley, can't see beyond today. God, where, where are you moving? What's going on? And you might feeling, be feeling some of those things that Elijah felt, some of those deep emotions, fear, confusion, depression, despondency. Lord, what do I do in the midst of this? Well, Elijah goes and he lies down under a broom tree and the angel of the Lord comes to him. And, and, and what I love in this story is this, is that the angel of the Lord doesn't wake him up and say, Elijah, you need to, you need to snap out of it. Uh, he doesn't say to him, hey, you need to make sure it's faith over fear in this. He meets Elijah where he, at, where he is. He knows that Elijah is struggling. He knows that he is physically worn out. He knows he is emotionally spent. He knows that he is spiritually depleted. And so what does the angel of the Lord do? He comes and he makes him a meal. He prepares some bread for him and has some water for him to drink. And Elijah wakes up and, and he eats and he drinks. And, and then he takes another nap. He gets some rest. And then again, he wakes up and the angel of the Lord comes. And, and in order to rebuild his strength, he ministers health to him 
through providing food, providing water, providing rest, providing things that would encourage and build up his soul. He doesn't just give him some kind of platitude that says, come on, you can do this. Get out of it. Just think happy thoughts and positive thoughts. He, he, he meets Elijah where he, at, where he is. Now, he's, the angel of the Lord doesn't want to leave him in that place. But the care of God is such that he says, I know where you are. I know what you're walking through. And I'm going to meet you in that place and walk you into a place of healing, not just point the way. I'm not just going to point off into this dis- distance and say, well, if you just do these things, you, you'll be there. No, he ministers to the deepest needs that Elijah has. And so Elijah goes from there and he finds himself uh, in a cave, again, resting. He spends the night. There's a lot of sleep happening here. Uh, be, a, be attuned, be attentive to what your body is telling you. It, the, the amount of stress and the amount of things that you're thinking about right now are taking a toll on your body. Make sure you're getting good rest. Make sure that you're getting exercise. Make sure that, that you're, you're, you're doing some kind of physical activity. Make sure your diet uh, is, is, is balanced, that it's good. Uh, I love, I've seen on, on social media people posting about how, you know, within 24 hours, all the snacks were gone. All the snacks that they had stockpiled, they had already eaten. And, uh, you know, and that's, it's funny, but, but the reality is, is when we're struggling, we, we might just make some bad decisions and, and adopt some bad habits. And so be attuned to those things. Be attentive to what your body is telling you. Get the rest that you need so that you can think clearly and that when God speaks to you, you're ready to receive. And that's exactly what happens for Elijah. In verse uh, 9 of chapter 19, I want to read what happens. It says this, then he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, tore down your altars and put your prophets uh, to death with a sword. I, I am the only one left. And now they are trying to kill me too. And the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then the voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? The rest of the story goes on and the Lord gives him some instruction and I encourage you to read that passage. But you notice in this that God walks Elijah through a process of, of, of strengthening and healing and restoration and he comes to a place where, where the Lord just simply says, what, what's going on, Elijah? Why are you here? And he's not talking about the physical location. What he's saying to Elijah is, Elijah, What's going on inside of you? What, what's stirring up in you? What's the, what's the fear? What's the anxiety? What are the pressures that you're, you're struggling with in this moment? And so, of course, Elijah responds and, and he gives the, the, the kind of the real, the real picture. Here's what's happening. Everything's falling apart. 
Your prophets have been killed. Uh, people are looking to kill me. I'm the only one left. It, it's not, it doesn't sound like the same guy who just a few days ago had had this incredible mountaintop victory. And so the Lord leads him to a place where uh, the, he says that my presence is going to come by and, and you're going to be touched by, by my presence. And, and so there's the wind and, and, and there's the earthquake and, and there's the fire. There's all of these big things that are happening. And it says that, that the Lord wasn't in those things. I, w- I want to pause. I believe there's a, a prophetic word for us today. Uh, again, there are so many voices. There are so many good voices, so many strong voices. Uh, there are, and then there's a lot of voices that aren't any good at all. And and we need to discern by the Spirit of God what we should be listening to. But can I tell you, it's easy to pay attention to the strong, to the wind, to the earthquake, to the fire, to those things that we're hearing online, those things that we're reading about that that seem like, well, that, that person has a place of influence. They speak to millions, or that person has written books, or that person is this, that, and the other. Bigger doesn't mean that God is in it. In fact, the picture that is painted here with Elijah is that there's this still still small voice, this whisper, this quietness that comes. And it's in the gentle whisper that the voice of God meets Elijah. See, because what Elijah didn't need in this moment was a thundering voice. He needed something caring. He needed something gentle. He needed something intimate. And that's the way that God meets him. And I believe for us, we can pay attention to all of the things going on around us, but I believe for many that they will miss the voice of God in this season. Can I encourage you, don't miss God in this season of time. Yes, it's bleak. Yes, things, things are turned upside down. Yes, our lives do not look like what they did just a few days ago. But God has not stopped moving. He is listening. He is in control. He is faithful. And he wants to meet you where you're at. And it will be in the midst of the gentle whisper that God will speak to you. But you won't hear the whisper if your, if your life is busy and noisy. If your ears and your mind are being filled with the loud voices around you, you may miss this, the quiet things that God wants to speak to you. Now, I'm not saying don't listen to the news. I'm not saying don't be on social media. But I am saying this, set some boundaries for yourself and set aside quiet time in your life. There's a, there's a, there's a point here in the midst of us being in our homes where days can start going by. I saw someone post this week. They said, hey, does anyone know what day it is? because days are just kind of flowing into each other. I want to encourage you, establish healthy rhythms in your home. Uh, one of the things that we've done in our home, just as a, as a, a practical example for, for the Mulock household is this, that Monday through Friday, uh, we have, we're getting our kids up in the morning and we're going through a routine. We get up, we're having breakfast, we're cleaning the house. Uh, we have time set aside for schoolwork. We have time set aside for reading. Uh, screen time and video game times are limited to certain parts of the day. We're scheduling our dinner times. Uh, some of you have the opportunity, maybe for the first time in years, to sit around the dinner table. I would say this, and I encourage you to do this. 
Take time to meet at the table. Don't eat in front of the TV or the computer screen. Meet each other at the table and recapture some of that in your home and set those rhythms in place. And so Monday through Friday, it is, it is business as usual. Yes, we might not be able to get out of the house, but there is structure in our homes and we're taking care of our home and of ourselves in the midst of that. And then we've set Saturday aside as a day of rest. It is our Sabbath. And so we sleep in and we do all of the things we would usually do on that day. I would encourage you in this on Sunday mornings. Yes, we're coming through you know, doing service uh, through digital means, through live streaming. And it would be easy to say, well, I'll, I'll just catch it later or maybe to have people in different parts of the room. But I would say maintain the, the continuity of what you would do on a Sunday morning. If your practice is this, getting up on Sunday, getting ready for church and, and, and getting to service and worshiping as a family, do that even in a live stream environment. Make sure that you're up on time and, and, and dressed and ready and, and prepared as a family. Take some time to worship and pray together as a family and then, and, and then fellowship with the larger body of Christ and, and maintain that discipline and maintain that structure so that your souls are, are just rested through that. Um, it, it's one of the ways that we will slow down to hear from the Lord. See, because if we do that, what we can do then is build into our days specific times where we can stop and listen. To stop and say, God, I just want to meet you right now. Maybe there's a time in the morning or in the noontime or in the evening where you would set an alarm and rather than the days just kind of floating by and, and being lost to you, that you can stop and say, I want to be in the presence of Jesus. And maybe for the first time in a long time, you have more time to be able to spend sitting at the feet of the one who loves you and cares about you, to cry out to him and, and to say to him, Lord, this is where I'm at right now. This is, what I'm go- that's what, this is what's going on inside of me. This is where I'm hurting. This is where the pain is. This is where the confusion is. This is what I'm afraid of for the future. He can handle it. But then also to stop and say, God, what are you speaking to me? To spend time in his word, to spend time in silence and in solitude and say, God, would you speak to me in that gentle whisper? My prayer for you as a congregation and as a people would be this, don't miss the opportunity to hear the still, the small still whisper, that gentle whisper of the presence of God. And God will ask you, what's going on? What's happening inside of you? And in the midst of you sharing that, that he will minister strength to you, that in the same way the angel of the Lord came and brought that bread and that water, that the Spirit of God will refresh your soul. I encourage you, read the 23rd Psalm this week in light of everything that's going on around us. I, I guarantee you it will give you fresh eyes and a fresh, uh, fresh perspective. And then finally this morning, after we've known that God is listening to us and that we need to listen to God, would you take time to listen to those around you? There's people right in your home right now that need you to listen to them. Uh, it, it would be so easy for this to be a, like business as usual where we're in different rooms of the house doing our own thing. But I, I know this, that the people around you and the people around me need someone to listen to them. James 1:19 through 20 says this, my dear brothers and sisters, 
Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. In the midst of all of the stories that are happening and, and we're hearing about in our, in our neighborhoods and communities and around the world, there's great stories where we're seeing people care about each other and do incredibly how wonderful things for each other. But there's also those stories where we're hearing of anger and frustration and that frustration spilling out into the lives of other people. A lot of that comes directly from this, as James says, that we are not good at listening. And so he says, be quick to listen. There, there's an imperative here. Don't just listen when it's convenient, but, but become attuned to the people in your life, the people that you're closest to, and, and start, start thinking in terms of, am I listening to them? Do, do I need a pause right now? Do I need to stop what I'm doing to listen to my wife, to listen to my husband, to listen to my children, to hop online, maybe make a, a, a phone call, shoot out a text message, or have a conversation uh, with someone maybe the Lord would put on your heart, and then just listen. Listen to what's happening inside of them. Listening to, to the struggles that they're facing. I would say this, take time every day. Set time aside, maybe around the dinner table. It's something that we're doing in our home, that we're stopping and we're listening incarnationally. We're saying, how are you doing? We're asking each of our kids, how are you doing? How's your heart? How's your soul? And, and today might be different to tomorrow. And so we ask that question every day. I'll even ask my kids multiple times during the day, how are you doing? What's going on? I don't know what it is necessarily that they're seeing online or the voices that they're hearing or the things that they're, they're pressured with or they're struggling with. And so I just want to keep asking, how are you? And then stopping to listen, to make eye contact, to lean in, to tune out all of the other distractions, to put away the devices, to say, I care about you. And, and your voice matters to me. And so we need to listen incarnationally. That means that we're fully present, that we're fully attuned, that we're not distracted. And a couple of practical points here is this. Listen, and then don't try to fix. That's hard for us. I, I, I'm a fixer. I, I hear about things that are happening in people's lives, and I want to offer my opinion. I want to give some sound advice but sometimes what we need to do is just be quiet and, and let people speak. To not try and fix. Listen and don't tell people what they should be feeling. What they're feeling is what they're feeling. And, and telling someone what they should be feeling will actually generate other emotions inside of them that probably won't be positive and good. And so don't try and fix people and don't tell them what they should be feeling, but become someone who listens really well. You might have experienced already in your home with the proximity and the time that you're spending that maybe there's a level of agitation that's starting to rise up. Th that could be because we're not taking time to listen. Would you take time to listen to the people in your home? Would you take time to listen and attune yourself to the things that they're saying? Listen to your children. For those of you who have little kids, 
You can absolutely do, with, do this with them. Maybe not asking very involved questions, but just asking some simple questions. In fact, I have four things that, that uh, four questions that you can ask, and this, this fits for young and old, and it's these. Ask people these, these four things. What are you sad about? What are you glad about? What are you mad about? And what are you anxious about? You might have heard these different authors and different psychologists have, and counselors have used these questions, and, and I think they're so, so good. Just each day, uh, you can ask yourself these questions. What am I uh, mad about and sad about and glad about or anxious about? And start paying attention to what's happening inside of you. But then being able to sit with your spouse or your a friend or with your children and, and just asking them today, Today, what were you sad about? Was there something today that you were sad about? And one day it might be something seemingly, seemingly trivial, and the next day it might be something uh, pretty deep. Uh, what are you sad about? What are you mad about? What's happened today that, that you're mad about? What are you angry about? What, what's frustrating you in the midst of this? What are you glad about? I think it's gonna be so important for us in this time to make sure that we're looking for the things to celebrate because there's so much loss and there's so much grieving taking place. It's important for us to stop and say, what am I glad about? What are the things that we need to be celebrating, not just as individuals, but as households, as, as communities, as families, with our children? What are you glad about? What are, what are you enjoying in the midst of this? What are, you, what are you celebrating with the Lord? And then asking, what are you anxious about? And paying attention, paying attention to those places of anxiety. Uh, again, if, if you have children, teenagers, and younger in your home, uh, just simply stopping each day and, and having this conversation and, and, and asking them these simple questions, you may be surprised by the things that you hear. So again, fight the urge to jump in and answer the questions for them or for your spouse or for other people. Fight the urge to fix it or tell them what they should be feeling. And let's be a people who listen to the voice of God as he listens to us. And then we listen to each other. You might be surprised by the, the doors that are open to you for you to minister life and joy to pray for your children, to pray for the people you care about, and to help bring a sense of stability in the midst of these difficult times. I want to pray for you, and then we're going to move into a time of communion. Jesus, I thank you that you are in the midst of all of this with us, that you are present with us. And I ask today that you would minister to every person who is watching or listening uh, this message God, I pray that uh, we would feel the freedom to cry out to you. God, we thank you that you hear our voices and that you care about what, what is going on inside of us, the things that are in our hearts, the things that are on our minds, Lord, the things that are bringing uh, stress to our lives, anxiety, and the things that we're celebrating. Lord, I pray that daily that we would cry out to you. God, I pray that we would quiet our hearts to hear from you, that we would listen to your voice in this season, that we would 
redeem these times, that we would redeem and, 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 and make the most of these opportunities to hear what it is that you're saying, not in the earthquake and the wind and the fire, but Lord, in the gentle whisper, help us to hear you more than ever before. And Lord, I pray that we would learn to listen to the people around us in our households, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods. Lord, I, I thank you, God, that even, even as we have to keep a physical distance, Lord, that there can still be a sense of community, Lord, and, and even at a greater degree, help us, Lord, to listen to those around us, to be led by your spirit, Lord, to bring life, to speak life, to minister life in the same way, Lord, that the angel of the Lord ministered life and blessing to Elijah, God, cause our words, cause our, our actions, cause our ability to listen, to minister healing and hope to those around us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to invite you, if you have the bread and the cup, if you have these elements ready to go ahead and uh, posture yourselves around the table or around your living room or wherever it is that you're watching uh, so we can receive today from uh, the bread and from the cup. These two important reminders of us, to, to us of what God has done for us. That, that this bread and this cup represent the, the work that Jesus did that we could not do for ourselves. That we couldn't save ourselves. In the midst of this uh, outbreak, in the midst of this virus we recognize that we don't have the ability to just fix this for ourselves. It reminds me of our sin condition. We did not have the ability just to fix our own sin problem. We could not just forgive ourselves of our sin, that we needed a savior, that we needed someone who would step in that gap into that chasm and make things whole and make things right and to reconcile us to God. The body representing, uh, the bread representing the body of Jesus, which was broken for us for healing, for wholeness, for restoration. And the cup that represents the, the blood of Jesus, which sealed the covenant that he made with us, that he would be our Lord, our Savior, our protector, that he would be our King, and that he would be present to minister to us in times of needs. And so we're going to pray. Would you take that bread? We lift this bread before you, Lord. We thank you that we get to break bread, even though we're sitting in different places, different living rooms, and different homes today. We thank you that the reminder of this bread is that we are one body. And though we, there might be physical distance between us, Lord, that we are one body, and we stand united as the body of Christ. Not because we could bring, bring about that unity, but because you did it on our behalf. So Lord, we give you praise for the body that was broken for us. We receive with thankful and grateful hearts today in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you go ahead and receive the bread together? Jesus, we thank you for the cup. We thank you, Jesus, that you shed your blood for us on our behalf. Lord, that because of the shedding of your blood, that we have forgiveness of our sin. We ask, Lord, that 
we would be reminded today that we are covered, that we are protected. Lord, that the enemy can bring no accusation against us because you have sealed this covenant, this promise in your blood. We give you praise. We receive, Lord, today with thankful and grateful hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you receive the cup together? Thank you, Jesus. Would you just speak praise to the Lord? I know this might feel a little awkward, a little uncomfortable, but wherever you are right now, would you just pause for a second? And would you, with your own mouth, would you just speak praise to him? Would you tell him what you're thankful for and what he means to you? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, you are my Lord and my Savior, my King. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm so glad you joined uh, with us today. Uh, we pray that you have a blessed day today. Uh, make sure to fill out that Connect card uh, if you're not getting the emails. There's some, some neat things that are coming. We're, we're putting together some resources this week uh, for our children. We're looking to do some online engagement times. Uh, for those of you who have kids, uh, we're going to do some virtual uh, teachings for our kids and, and engage in the work of discipleship for our young ones. Uh, for our youth, don't forget, Thursday night at 6.30 p.m., uh, we're going to have youth group again, and, uh, and our team is working uh, tirelessly to make sure that there's things that we're going to continue to do as a body to bring about growth in our, our lives and our walk with the Lord to bring about discipleship. Uh, please let us know if there's something that we can do to serve you, if there's any way that we can uh, pray for you, continue to be an encouragement to each other, uh, and encourage you, uh, invite people to join you in service, even if they're located in a different uh, city or state or maybe even around the world. Uh, share the links for these services uh, in, in your sphere of influence. Um, and we're just thankful that the Lord's allowing us to continue to have an impact as a church and that you get to be a part of that. God bless you and have an amazing Sunday. We'll see you soon.